0: Welcome, 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 Dr. Lisa Holland here, welcoming you to episode 14 of Owning Her Health, and today is the show for you if you are a woman or a man that loves a woman in the age bracket of moving from maybe motherhood into the matriarch role. Um, that perimenopause, you know, it's it's starting. It, it, you know, through that 40s, maybe even into your 30s, getting some of those symptoms. But really, where we can actually celebrate, and and we have Michelle Lyons on today, and she's perfect for celebrating because her company, um, her website, celebratemuLiberty dot uh, is really, really demonstrating that the word itself, muLiberty, she picked, and she explains it's because it's derived from the Latin muLibertas, which is the state of womanhood the meaning of the state of womanhood and really she's about that she's about celebrating through her blogs her courses all over the world teaching health providers how to work with women how to be healthy as women embracing their femininity taking charge of their body to live a happy vibrant healthy life like me she's an integrative physio she um I know she has experience with, you know, not only being a chartered physio, but Pilates and integrative health, and she's an herbalist and she brings in herbal medicine. We talk a lot about that as the traditional medicine, you know, the women's circles, things that were our traditional medicine and owning that. So make sure that uh, you get yourself a little notebook and if you're listening in the car, you listen to this again, taking down your notes and making sure you follow a, her over on her blog and her website. Um, Um, This episode is also for my listeners, sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a wonderful way to get all this wisdom on the run while you're doing things with the kids, while you're running in the gym. I know I'm getting feedback that people are listening to these podcasts while they're doing lots of other things, which is wonderful. I want you to find the time to listen. Um, But they have over 180,000 audiobooks. And my listeners are given a special discount of not only 30-day free trial, but but a download, a free download, and so you can get that at audibletrial.com/owningherhealth. It'll be the lips on the lipson page uh, podcast notes, along with Michelle's um, contact. And so, get yourself ready for another wonderful episode of Owning Her Health right now. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation
1: on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world.
0: Happiness begins with owning her health right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Owning Her Health. I'm Dr. Lisa Holland here, and I am so privileged and honored to have a colleague and internet friend of mine, (laughs) uh, Michelle Lyons, fellow physio, integrative physio such as myself. She practices in Ireland and around the world, really teaching um, fellow professionals, uh, workshops, and getting them really into some of the things she's doing with women's health and integrative care and her Women on Fire that she runs annually with Jenny Burrell in, Burrell, I don't want to pronounce that correct. Correct, correctly. excellent. <laughs> um, in the UK and, and just recently, um, we had a great event here in America in New York um, with Women and Women's Health, with Jessica Drummond as well. So thank you very much and welcome, Michelle. How are you today? I'm very well, Lisa. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's always lovely to
1: chat with you. Um, it was so nice to meet you in real life in December. I think we've been, we've been communicating online for a long time. We have a very similar outlook. Um, yeah, it's, it's lovely to be here. And, you know, I get to talk about women's health, which is always, always a good time for me.
0: Yes, definitely, and um, particularly, you know, one of the things that I think is important in in women's health that that I think now we're we're finally seeing is that it's the complex nature, and I know that one of the reasons why I went into more of an integrative practice was because I, I saw that obviously being a woman, multifaceted, sure. multi layers, feeling unheard in in mainstream medicine and, and my venture was to go, you know, back in the middle nineties, late nineties, you know, I kind of found my way to yoga and I just sort of sure. naturally pulled that in because it was a mind body kind of soul searching thing I was doing and it was so helpful. Sure. What brought you more towards more of an integrative um, path with your work?
1: So I would say, you know, looking at what we're seeing now in terms of neuroscience and the the advances that we're making in terms of the research to back up what we know in integrative healthcare, where we're starting to focus more on the person rather than the pathology. I would say that's, that's always kind of been my outlook. I, you know, I was using things like herbs and nutrition and breath work, Before, it was kind of cool to be doing these things, you know, so it was a little bit under the radar. Maybe my more traditional physio colleagues thought I was a little bit woo-woo. You know, I think the evidence now has kind of come full circle to back up the approaches that we have doing. So for me, it's really been an interesting journey. I mean, back in, in the late 90s, in the early 2000s. I did. Um, I've done some coursework at the University of Arizona. Their program with integrative medicine with yes. Terri Low Dog. Um, I've I've been using herbs, kind of traditionally. You know, Jessica Drummond and I joke about it. I just have a very kind of backyard peasant herbalism yeah. style. You know, <laughs> I've my nettle tea going here. You know, right. as as we're chatting today, because I think it comes down to. I was teaching at the International Herbal Symposium back. I think it was in two thousand and three. And I was talking to Susan Weed, who's a really well-known herbalist uh, from upstate New York. And she actually asked me the question that you just did, you know, why, why why are you doing this? Why are you talking about herbs and nutrition? Aren't you a physiotherapist or a physical therapist? And I said, because I think each by themselves, it's not enough. I think we really need to look at what's going on uh, movement-wise, nutrition-wise, uh, mental health-wise, if we're going to address the whole woman in our practice, um, you can't just say, as a physio, do three reps of this exercise twice a day, and you know, I'll see you next week. You got to look at what's going on, you know, and it's it's almost become a little bit hackneyed, hasn't it? You know, kind of, but the body and the mind. And for me, bringing in the breath work, the yoga, getting women cooking for themselves again, and understanding the medicinal properties of certain foods. Yes. Um, you know and really plugging back into their own bodies and into their own lives again a lot of women that I work with um, in my practice um, I do specialize broadly in women's health but I see a lot of women with pelvic pain or sexual health dysfunction um, you know pregnancy and postpartum issues menopausal health and lots of women are just very dissociated from themselves and for me getting them back into the kitchen can be a really safe way to get them back into prioritizing self-care again so, you know, I, I know you can see me as we're chatting here. If you look at the bookshelves behind me here, there's yeah. probably as many cookbooks and herb books <laughs> as there are, anatomy books and physio books. And, you know, most women, and apparently I say this quite a bit because somebody made me a little mean and I use it in a lot of my talks, but most women know more about their phones than they do about their own body. So I think just a really empowering service that we can provide as healthcare practitioners is to yes of course stay within the scope of our practice but move beyond maybe the traditional definitions but get get women back in touch with who they are what their goals are what's going on with their bodies just even the correct anatomical terms for their body parts again and using mirrors using the power of touch using the power of movement just really get them back into their own bodies again so they move from being passive recipients of things being done to them um And really move more towards being active participants in their own health care, and in fact, the captains of the ships of their own health care as well, right. because our healthcare care providers are working for them and with them, hopefully as well, but at the end of the day, they have to be the ones steering the ship because I think with knowledge and power also comes responsibility, so we have to we have to give uh, the clients that we work with ownership of their own health again. And and work towards their definitions and their goals, not necessarily ours. Right. Be really hard
0: for some of us to let go of. Yes. You have that soap <laughs> note. You know, you have that soap note where yeah. you were taught and goals? <laughs> what are our goals? And you know how are our benchmarks for our productivity Absolutely. and our, you know things that we've determined way before that person's ever yes. walked into the office.
1: Exactly. Um, and and as well as that, you know, particularly because you know I lived and worked in the U.S. for years you know, that insurance-driven model where we're trying to meet an insurance company set of benchmarks and goals for the woman sitting in front of us again, you know, and have they made a statistically uh, important improvement in their functional outcome scores? But looking at the woman in front of us, how is she doing? You know, what's going on with her? And I think that for me was was one of the big reasons that I that I did end up shifting my career trajectory into more what I'm doing now and away from that traditional nine-to-five hospital-based model
0: right that's so beautiful and I hear a couple of key things there Michelle is that empowerment and 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 how important that is in anyone with their health but I think with with women I mean first of all you know they didn 't even do the research, really they 're still having trouble with doing any research on women because yes. of that kooky little variability in our Those pesky hormones Those pesky <laughs> hormones that just ruin all the data significance you know they and I, and i and i um I often say, you know well, we need to come up with a better model we need to yes. come up with a better research model that you yes. can accommodate for that rather than just disconnected 50 percent of the uh population know. (laughs) well that's
1: i mean a lot of the you know there's a great book that was written a number of years ago about women and heart disease uh by nika goldberg who's a cardiologist in uh in new york and the title of the book really really struck me um it's women are not small men Mm. because traditionally in the medical research fields the studies were done um particularly the animal-based studies were done on male mice um because and not on female mice because female mice, I think, have a twelve-day uh, ovulatory cycle. Oh. So that was just messing up all the results. But right. essentially, what was happening for a long time with pharmaceuticals was they would take the standard dose calculated for a man and then just bring it down by thirty percent or so, and there's the female equivalent dose. And it doesn't work like that. We have different anatomy, we have different physiology, we have different hormones. Um, it just doesn't cross over like that. So. I think it's been great over the past couple of years in terms of global access to information, which can sometimes be overwhelming for some of the women that we work with. So to be able to act as a clearinghouse for what's relevant, what's irrelevant and how to personalize it again for that person sitting in front of you. So again, we're very much focused on the person, not the pathology that they've been referred to or that they're referring themselves uh, to, to see us because of.
0: Right, and another thing I thought was really um, interesting, and it and and it just you know goes to show that ultimately we we're human beings. We're we're gonna go back to our foundations. Was your mention of food and that whole you know herbalist kind of mentality? Um, one of my mentors was uh, is Maya Tuari, who is very was actually brought Ayurveda and Ayurvedic training to the United States. A woman. Um, so, you know, you don't really hear about her doing her work. I almost think that's, you know, a lot of times that's our energetic role as women's really catalysts. You know, we really kind of um, traditionally, you know, the hearth, the hearth, the home, these roles, I, I think to some extent with feminism getting a little bit um, in the way of us even honoring those roles as something that is a strong power. Because people didn't realize the medicine of that. And I almost feel like, you know, you and, and, you know, myself and and others trying to bring that back, bring that feminine power back into Mm. the whole picture. Because like you said, I mean, being the CEO of your life is really where health Wealth everything everything comes and I mean and you're an example of it you your you're business now you're able to bring that philosophy make a new role for yourself and I've just seen you really blossom. You know, over the past I'd say three years, you know, I started mm-hmm. with Jessica's program, I think 2014 sure and you know you and Jenny and everybody sort of taking that same idea of like let's be out there and loud yeah. and proud and and, Absolutely. and 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 different. So and
1: let's do it in a more of a female centric way. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's, again, you and I, I think are on the, the same path with this and Jenny and Jess and, and other of our colleagues, but for a long time, healthcare and, you know, the world of health and fitness were, we following a very male model. And even the world of yoga, You know, you, the, you know, I would say if you look at yoga over the, say the past hundred years, what we're really looking at, you know, modern yoga, particularly in the, in the West and how it's been interpreted, it had a very male driven model, but most of the practitioners of yoga are women. Right. So, you know, you have to take all of that into account as well. And I think that's where game changers and I'd be very proud to include myself in your company, uh, under that title, but you know, it's, it's to start speaking up and saying, you know what, no, we don't have to do it this way. We can do it a different way. So, for instance, when Jenny and I work together um, in the UK, you know, we, we try to have a very female sound. We're unapologetic about it as well, for right. a start. Very we important. have the flowers in the room, we've got some nice <laughs> smells going on, we, you know, we do our lunch, we do nice things for lunch, nice things to eat and drink, you know, and there's enough time for a tea break and to mingle and to network because you know what, that's where some of the most important conversations happen course, as well. community. So community. it's to provide that, absolutely. And that's what women do. You know, we have that tend and befriend um, hormonal structure going on here with our oxytocin. And I think we have to step away from the fear of being judged when we do speak up and speak out. And you know, if you're, if you're worried about what other people are thinking about you and what you're saying, you know, if if they are making comments about that, you know what? Then they they're not paying attention to their own stuff. It's more a reflection on them. So, know your truth. Don't be afraid to say it, and don't be afraid to acknowledge the fact that you are a woman. You know, and you're dealing with women's right. health. And then it has to, you know, it's not going to be that traditional male model that we're working with. So, don't worry about it. Just step up. You know, claim your
0: place. Stand in your own space. Right. And so much of that is voice. You know, uh, your upbringing and all of this and which makes that the complexity of even h- as a health provider. I find, you know, g- half of my work is getting them to just be honest. Yes, what's going on. And not be know? scared and not be scared <laughs> and, and and also with that whole idea of vulnerability that that actually being a strength to be able you know, so many people. look like oh they're strong because they don't cry or they don't Mm -hmm. seem to get bothered by things and we have to really look at are they actually just closed off from their emotions I mean emotional intelligence is something we don't really um, take as much pride in but it's a natural attribute women have that allows them with their their health
1: and i think just to to, yeah to step into that a little bit and you know not be afraid of being dismissed as emotional or if we're speaking up being dismissed as shrill you know which you would never hear leveled at a man i'm sorry and this is not me man bashing at all but it's about it's about accepting our differences and celebrating them Mm -hmm. and i'm very fond of a lot of men i'm married to a really nice one
0: I hear you. And that's the yeah. other thing. It's like it's it's not man bashing at all to no. say that you want to have women centric models to admire exactly. or you know that maternal, you know that matriarchy finding yes. that valuable doesn't mean that you don't find a patriarchy valuable. You're just saying that it shouldn't be the only way. And I love yeah. that. And I think I really see that because I have my my feet you know I stand in a couple
1: of different worlds. So I see that really in in the world of herbal medicine, particularly in the US, you have some really strong female voices. You have some really excellent male herbal teachers out there, people like David Hoffman, David Winston. But if you look at who's leading the renaissance in herbal medicine in the US, you have Rosemary Gladstar, who is one of the brightest, shiniest people I have ever met. You have Susan Weed, who's a fierce advocate. You have people like Deb Sowell, Uh, Amanda Crawford, you know, there are giants of women who are leading the way in reclaiming that. Because if you look at what, you know, the UN say that, you know, three quarters of the world still use herbal medicine as their primary care medicine you know um so i'm irish obviously and you know we're the, we're the largest per capita cons- consumers of tea in the world but you know that and that's our answer for everything no matter what crisis is going on we'll put the kettle up we'll have a cup of tea and we'll talk about it. um but if you look at the power of having a cup of nettle tea or a cup of chamomile tea you know even peter rabbit had a cup of chamomile tea right. before he when he didn't upset Tommy. and i think just being able to go out and th- there's a certain power in whether you're going out foraging in the woods or you're going foraging in your grocery store, you know, for, for medicinal foods and vegetables. If you're looking, you know, for some fennel seeds for an upset tummy, or even some prune juice for constipation, you know, things like that. I think there's a tremendous sense of power there. Not to say that herbal medicines are completely safe and we should, you know, because if a plant is is powerful enough to have a, an effect, it has to be respected. But I think there's great power in knowing, you know, the, the healing power of foods and herbs and vegetables, as well as the healing power of just sitting still with yourself and with your body and allowing your body what it needs. If it is rest, you know, are we just pushing ourselves too hard? And I think that only comes from the ability to pay attention to ourselves and creating that safe space to say, you know what? I know there's a list of things to be done, but what, what do I really need? What do i really need right now and even something as simple as making a a menu choice when you go out to eat i remember i was reading an interview with nigella lawson a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago and you know she was she was being interviewed by one of the sunday papers and the i think the options were there was something like super healthy like a superfood salad or something a bit more indulgent you know i think it was you know there's some sort of creamy pasta dish you know going on and it was about the time she had put out her 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 clean eating cookbook and the reporter asked her so what are you going to have you know expecting her to go for the superfood to be very virtuous and if you've ever seen Nigella, she's she tends not to be terribly right. virtuous but she said if i'm forced with a difficult decision on a menu like this i sit down and i close my eyes and i think okay so what's it going to feel like eating the salad or what's it going to feel like eating the pasta and which makes my body happy and it's going to be different choices for different times but if you haven't got that space to listen to yourself you haven't got the space to move towards health and to sustain health as well, because I don't know that it's something that you can just dip dip in and out of as well. So it's creating that little bit of bandwidth in our lives as well, and then feeding ourselves with knowledge and right. and and with the space to take care of ourselves, to put ourselves on the list as well, which is probably something that as healthcare providers, we as women healthcare providers, right. especially- Struggle not, with. We We do struggle with it, you know, as as a healthcare provider and a wife and a mother, it's like
0: the triple crown of <laughs> great not to have yourself on the list. You know, you know too much in every <laughs> realm, so you know exactly what you're doing to yourself yeah. you're abusing yourself. <laughs> you just put so, your fingers in your ears and you go, la, la, la. Yeah, exactly. I'll get back to me later. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hearing a really strong level of trust with you, Michelle. Is, is that something that you're, Inner guide, like let's just say, was there a guru gal? Was there a young gal that was that was trusting and and courageous like that, or is that something that came upon by experiences and and things? Um, because you know, it, like you said, the art of of not caring what people sort of say or or expecting that you're going to have that opposition, I think definitely with women is something that it almost has to almost come within. Mm. Um, I think
1: you know what I've just. I've tried to be brave in the choices that I've made Um, I've had a really good support network in terms of friends and family and you know and at the end of the day um, maybe a lack of too much caring about what other people think to be honest um, you know I love trying new things I love travel and you try trying new foods and I think it's just it's curiosity and what if you know and and just not being afraid to try different things and to admit when you're wrong and oh i've cha- and it's okay to change your
0: mind that's right amazing. that's an evolution i mean yes. when you learn something you should maybe change your mind um yes, i absolutely. see that a lot and it makes people sick it makes yeah. a lot of women sick is saying you know i think also too you know i i i think one of the realms of of, of being healthy is mm-hmm. is aligning with your purpose or at least knowing it but i don't think purpose is like one thing you get Forever I mean it evolves especially as a mother. I think that's one of our training grounds to understand um, As a woman one of our if we would embrace that our cycles of life Not only are every 30 day cycle and not try to manip- manipulate it so much, but but you know uh, Actually look at it as our cycle of life It would be naturally that wisdom and I and I almost think with menopause. I know you work a lot with menopause I, I think that Is almost I see where that 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 conflict energetically of Mm -hmm. of having not satisfied that or in some way spoken to that in the past getting to that I call it the matriarch the movement from the mothering to the matriarch role whether or not you mothered a career or mothered a child or you know an idea a nonprofit organization it almost feels like that needs to be settled a little bit before you move on comfortably with that matriarch role and I see women suffer physically mentally emotionally energetically so much moving into that next wisdom i mean it used to be you know the wisdom of our grandmothers and and then really honored role but it's not as much do you find that similarly or i do well i think you know we know that the average age of onset in menopause um, is
1: 51 um so that means we're in perimenopause essentially for about a decade before so 41 what i've also found both with the women that i work with and personally is that when you turn 40 it's like somebody flips a switch and you start to not care so much what other people think, and that can be an issue for for con- around conflict. And I see a lot of women, you know, they're they're in their forties, and maybe their children are a little bit older, and they're starting to to realise, you know, I'm I'm halfway through. Is this all there is? And starting to make some different choices. And I think that's where a lot of that conflict can come around. You know, change can be tumultuous. You know, that's, that was the old euphemism, wasn't it, for the menopause? The change. Right. The and change. I, it was so yeah. bad to change. <laughs> I know. I know. So I think it can really be a fantastic bridge for women to, to take, take charge of their lives, to take charge of their health, certainly, because menopause is one of those things that, you know, especially for those women who've maybe had PMS every month, you know. That's a little kind of just little shot across the boat, just to let you know, if you don't start addressing this now, menopause is going to be interesting for you. And then menopause comes along and you're faced with a choice. You know, am I going to just uh, our thing? Am I going to stay stuck or am I going to change? And, you know, I really, I see a lot of women blossom in their 40s because they just, they, they step up and they, they, they start putting themselves on the list. And you have to because i think menopause demands it of you um it's it's change you know change evolve or die you know and for some women unfortunately literally we know that for for post menopausal women the risk of heart disease skyrockets you know and all the women that i talk to when i'm doing you know talks to to what i call normal women who are not healthcare profession professionals you know i ask them what's the biggest killer of women and they will almost always say breast cancer.
0: Right. You know,
1: and so I say, well, OK, so one in eight women will get breast cancer. One in 36 women will die from breast cancer. But One in two women will die of a cardiac event and heart disease in women. It's harder to detect. It's harder to treat. We don't respond as well to the standard medical interventions. But your heart, you know, I think it's, it's quite interesting to see that the metaphysical connections yes. between yes. what's going on spiritually and what's going on physically, because we're moving away from that as, as a woo-woo concept in, you know, into now this whole field of psychoneuroimmunology. Right. Every thought that you have is going to produce neuropeptides and there are receptors throughout the body for these neuropeptides. And they're going to influence everything from your immune health to your digestive function and your cardiac health. So I think just acknowledging that there are real life or death situations to start thinking about when we're in our 40s, we're not going to live forever. Um it can really bring into sharp focus what's important and what's not in a woman's life and I I view it as a privilege to be there to help them navigate through that and to help the healthcare providers that help them as well and to to destigmatize some of the issues that can come up in menopause particularly around pelvic health which is which is my my first love um you know because there can be such shame around bladder dysfunction and bowel dysfunction and sexual health And the more normative we can make it for these conversations to be held in safe places and to provide concrete solutions not just abstract oh yes do your kegels do your pelvic floor exercises no here's exactly what you need to do it's not one size fits all so this sort of customized tailored approach again to the woman sitting in front of us for me is is really important and i I love that part of my work but i love teaching professionals how to start incorporating that into their professional and hopefully some of their personal lives as well
0: yes because we, you know you got to heal the healers it's the fourth it's the quadruple aim yes now. you know you can't yes. have a bunch of sick people helping sick people it just no it doesn't work it comes no. and triples down so you know it just trickles down
1: for sure and there's such a high rate of burnout in healthcare professionals we know that on stress and and illness that i think we we have to walk it as well we can't just tell people what to do but i think we have to start modeling good behavior and that can be really challenging as well because i think a lot of us are used to do as i say not as i do right um but we i think it gives you a whole appreciation so for example with um with say some somebody who's coming to see me because of bladder dysfunction maybe they've got some urgency issues and I might say, well, go fill out a bladder diary you know, for a couple of days so we can see exactly what's going on. If you haven't ever filled out a bladder diary, you're a pain in the neck to do. Yeah. Like they demand a lot of <laughs> adherence. Right, a paper,
0: do with urgency, you're like, oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So if somebody actually manages to do a, a good bladder diary for three seconds, I'm like, thank you. That's fantastic. But I think, you know, what we as, you know, because I know we're we're coming from the background of being pelvic health focused uh, physical therapists, what I think is one of our strengths as physical therapists is I think, well, a couple of different things. I think we tend to be quite, you know, quite good at the whole empathy versus sympathy um, aspect of what we do, but we know how to ask the questions and we're licensed to touch as well. And i think that really brings the whole bio and the psycho and the social elements in together but the other strength i think that we have as a profession is that we're doing our professional courses we practice on each other you know and our medical colleagues you know our doctors and our nurses and our mental health colleagues when we tell them this they kind of look at us going what you do this to each other you don't have models and i think that's actually a strength for us because we can then turn to a patient and say, you know what, I've had this done. I know what it feels like. This is a safe place. I am not going to hurt you. And I'm going to talk you through, I'm going to show you on the anatomy models that I have. And I think we are very privileged as a profession in that regard that we can bring those different strengths um, to work with our patients. I think, you know, I'm obviously completely unobjective, but I think that physiotherapy uh, globally, but particularly in the Western medical model is very, very underrated. I think um, there's there's a lot that could be done to to solve the current health crises on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, if, if physical therapy was given a little bit more of a voice, I'm, I'm quite encouraged to see the APTA particularly stepping up in terms of the opioid uh, abuse yeah. situation. And really getting physical therapy on the map, because I think we're really good at talking to each other. We're probably not as good at talking to to the normal people, the people who need us in our communities. So I think that's going to be a great direction for us as a profession over the next coming years.
0: Sounds good. So Michelle, where is the best place for some of these women and men hopefully listening to uh, this podcast for empowering themselves and finding and connecting with you? What are you working on right now? And uh, where can they find you?
1: So I would say the best thing to do is come on over to my website and sign up for the newsletter. There's some free resources on there. The website is CelebrateMuleEberti.com. So that's M-U-L. Okay, you can have that in the show notes. Yeah. New Liberty is a great old English word that I found and it means the art and state of being a woman. Love so that. I think it's something that uh, we have to celebrate. We don't just want to look at illness and pathology, we want to celebrate being women and to celebrate being healthy women more importantly. So all the information about courses and where I'll be and hopefully some useful resources will be there on the website. Yeah,
0: and then your web and your newsletter is great. And um, Thank you. you know, the way that you put it and and share share some things and you know like you said for professionals that are looking for that more integrative approach but not as stuffy i mean just that conversation and being able to relate and understand that you can be scientifically relevant yeah. without necessarily being yes you know um so linear <laughs> that curvy you know, I always call yes. it the curvy hustle or the curvy flow or you know yes. being able to use that
1: Well, I think the thing is, as women, we have a very rich corpus callosum between the two hemispheres of our brain. Men have a much thinner connection. So we can go from that right hemisphere, left hemisphere, back and forth and take the scenic route sometimes to make a point. We will (laughs) eventually make a point. And I think it's great to see the evidence and the research actually backing up what we've known clinically for a long time working in women's health. So I think it's, 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 prob- it's a golden time to be working in women's health in terms of the resources and the knowledge and the evidence that's available to us. So now we have to get out there and spread the word.
0: Right, and stop breaking our own hearts, right? Yes. 80, yes. Every 80, I just saw a billboard by a hospital, every 80 seconds. Every 80 um, seconds a woman is succumbing to ca- a cardiac event, that's crazy. Oh crazy so you know we talked a lot about but it is it's the heart and that that connection you know interestingly enough and i'll i'll finish off with um yoga wise the the heart the fourth chakra and the second chakra um they always like you know they balance out the ego and that you know what we talked about here really kind of connects that that trust that sex money power second chakra and that heart and passion and um, frustration really too because those are two sides of the same coin there um, and then speaking your truth. Right, speaking you your know? truth and then making that identity from it. So I thank you so much, Michelle, yes. for the work that you're doing. I, oh, I you. celebrate you and um, love, love, love that I have a connection with you because you inspire me. Um, oh, thank you. To keep Ditto, by the way. <laughs> so so <laughs> thanks so much. And anyone who who is anyone in women's health knows <laughs> So go and check out her website, check the show notes um, or contact me and I'll get you in touch with her. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening into this episode
1: of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.